Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, Tuesday, January 24th, it's 35 degrees, feels like 31, winds uh, 7 miles an hour out of the south-southwest. I am Jack Riggins, restoring American values, bringing common sense to the capital city. Johnny Cadillac's producing the show. We're going to get right to it today because we rarely get a guest uh, with this type of deep expertise um, on the show. Uh, We have a spokesman for Gain Now, an organization that stands for Grow America Infrastructure Now. It's a diverse coalition of businesses, trade associations, labor groups that share an interest of creating jobs and strengthening our nation's economy through infrastructure development and also promotes sound energy policy and supports our nation's economic and national security. All topics that are very close to my heart. Um, our guest, uh, Craig Stevens, is a former uh, senior advisor to the en- Energy excuse me, Secretary uh, Bodwin, who was under the Bush administration. Uh, Mr. Stevens, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Well, thanks for having me um, very, uh, very much. And, Jack, thank you for your your service to our, to our country. And I don't know if you hear the, the sirens going by, but I'm actually in Washington, D.C., and the president, motorcade, just drove by. So we've got uh, – we're right on time. <laughs> we're right on time. Well, interesting. Maybe he was going to uh, reverse his uh, silly decision, which I think the two-year anniversary was last week of canceling the Keystone XL pipeline, which a lot of Nebraskans, uh, you know, follow a little bit. Yeah, what was amazing about that is is part of uh, the one of the laws that was passed in the last Congress. The Republicans really wanted to see the impact that canceling Keystone had on our economy, and I think folks have already seen the impact that it had on our world. Uh, certainly, with the outsized influence that Russia has had on Europe and and what they've been allowed to do and what they've done so far in Ukraine. But when it comes to the United States, I mean, it cost about. 60,000 jobs and about $10 billion in economic activity. I mean, you're talking about 850,000 barrels of Canadian oil that we could have put into the global marketplace to help alleviate not only U.S. supply crunches, but supply crunches around the world that would really be a hedge against petro-authoritarianism like Vladimir Putin. Um, I mean, he has received way too much money and way too much power and way too much authority because he's able to use energy, Russian energy, um, as, as a weapon. Yeah, you know what I find interesting is, um, and again, I want to appreciate uh, Gain and you because I don't think major media has really covered that uh, report that uh, the House and the Senate got. And when you just think about 60,000 jobs and $9.61 billion lost that was right in our hands, um, that is a huge, huge hit to America. Absolutely. And the left, those who want us to keep our energy resources buried in the ground, they call these temporary jobs. But I'll tell you, everything's a temporary job. If you're a construction worker, if you're building houses, if you're a radio host, it's a temporary job from, from, from uh, episode to episode, right? I mean, we're all doing projects that are one-offs, and we try to piece them together to make sustainable employment. And these folks had a two-year job in front of them making really good money as part of an energy sector that would have helped sustain our economy, and especially coming off of off of uh, the challenges of the last several years, where we've seen jobs go away and we've seen the economy tank, we've seen inflation rise, and certainly one of the key causes of, of rising inflation is rising energy costs. Something we could have helped mitigate by adding more supply, more North American supply to the marketplace. 
Yeah, without a doubt. We're on with uh, Craig Stevens, a former senior advisor to the Energy Secretary, excuse me, and spokesman for Gain Now. You can go to gainnow.org and check them out. You know, one of the things that I find so fascinating in it right now is, and you're in Washington, is this constant back and forth on our energy, and I'm just going to say it, outright lies that are being told uh, to the American people. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of the back and forth that's going on and how the American people really aren't being told the truth of the impacts of something like the Keystone XL pipeline cancellation? Well, look, I, I support all of the above, and I know in Nebraska you've got a lot of wind there, and you've got a lot of wind turbines there that can actually kind of develop electricity um, in, in a renewable way. But even getting that, even even uh, building those those lines, those transmission lines to where the wind blows to where it's needed, that becomes a struggle. What's most frustrating to me, candidly, is that the left is against everything. They are absolutely against everything. They're against nuclear. They're against fossil fuels. They're, they're against natural gas. They're against wind. They're against solar. I mean, they are against, and, and no matter what type of energy we're looking at, they're fighting it. And I, I don't know what their answer is. Their answer is nuclear fusion, which is, you know, we spent hundreds of billions of dollars, and it's taking us decades to still be hundreds of billions of dollars and decades away. We need to work with what we've got. And one of the things we've got is liquefied natural gas and petroleum and fossil fuels and wind. And those are items that we need to be developing more in the United States and getting that to the people who need it. You know, I don't know that you can answer this question, but it's a question I get from a lot of my listeners, which is, I think you said it well, which is everybody knows that at some point in human existence here, especially in the Western world, um, yeah, you, you migrate through energy, right? And that one day, you know, there will be different types of energy. But are we rushing ahead with the momentum of thinking that, you know, oh, it can just all be solved by 2030? I mean, I, I see a 100 years before things are in place to where we have stable uh, what we call alternate energy today, and gas and oil, you know, are staples. Yeah, absolutely. The International Energy Administration says as much. It's going to be at least 50 to 100 years that we'll continue to be reliant on, on fossil fuels, especially in our transportation sector. And look, you and I, we're, we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to energy. There are 2 billion yeah. people around the world who live in energy poverty, who don't have energy to cook their food, who can't heat their homes. I mean, the, what we're talking about here isn't even an, an issue for people around the world who don't even have the ability to turn on the light switch. And here we are. We're taking this on. We, we've actually been able to clean our energy here. Even, even coal is 99% cleaner than it was you know, two decades ago because of the investment the coal industry has done. We have transferred also a, a lot of our electricity transmission in the, in the nat- from natural gas. So that has helped us um, clean the electric, the electric grid. And now we're moving to, to your point to more renewable sources. But that is still decades away before it can actually take on a, a sizable chunk of, of what is actually needed. And the other issue we've got here is we've got a, a higher demand for electricity. Everything we do uses electricity. And now we're trying to electrify our transportation fleet. And that will take 15 years by itself just to churn out a new series of, of vehicles. I mean, we've got more vehicles in the United States, registered vehicles, and we've got people. Could you imagine how long it will take to, to churn out and over and, and turn over uh, the transportation fleet? And you've got, you know, there in Nebraska, you've got a huge agricultural sector, and that's that's a, a challenge also in, to and of itself. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it rolls downhill, right? I mean, those people need the machines. They need the transportation mm-hmm. to work, to ship the food, to grow the food, to do their thing. And and I just think that, I, I don't know, you know, we're way ahead on some things and we're not thinking this through of, of what I'm going to call a transition. You mentioned, and I think this is a very important topic and it's it's not been talked about a lot, is how this has affected our national security and emboldened some of the moves that we're seeing specifically out of Russia right now, but other areas, China as well. Yeah. I mean, and you were the front, you were on the front lines with us again. Thank you for your service to our country. But we, um, we have seen that these dictators have been able to leverage their assets in a way that makes them more powerful in any given region. We've seen them in Russia, we see them in, in, in South America where dictators are able to pad their own pockets, uh, build their own war machines and actually have, outsized influence on other countries. Now, thankfully, when it comes to Ukraine, most of Europe has, has actually decided to, to side with um, on the right side here. And that's in large part because the United States says, hey, we're, we're going to fill that void. We're going to make sure that you have the, the natural gas to heat your home. Germany. We're going to make sure that you have the access um, to natural gas uh, England. I mean, those are places that will be heavily reliant on U.S. and Western exports over the next couple of years because they were overly reliant on Russia. And the only way we can uh, isolate Russia in this case is to make sure that they cannot get additional revenue from from their energy. To your point, we know China's giving them money. We know that there are other countries throughout South America that are, that are paying top dollar for their energy. Um, but we need to do what we can to support our allies and uh, certainly to support Ukraine in this. Yeah, you know, we always used to study, obviously, as you said, and I appreciate you. Thank you for my service. Uh, it was my honor. I miss it sometimes. Uh, but we do it in different ways now, right? And the thing is, is, mm-hmm. you know, everybody who's worked in these things, you as well, is, you know, we have the diplomatic channels, we have the, you know, informational, we have the military, and we have economic. I mean, this is how we exist. And it just seems that uh, we have really taken in the economic in particular in this sector, a very weak stance on, you know, not only securing national security, but international security. Absolutely. And and you, you make a great point. I mean, we are, we can be the lone economic, economic superpower in the world, and we've subjugated that to China. Yeah. Uh, and we also have the fossil resources, the energy resources to be energy dominant. And again, because we've made it so hard to develop U.S. energy resources and to, de- to allow Canadian resources to enter in the United States and be refined here, we've really ceded North American energy dominance. And that's that's a travesty not only to our economy, but also to our national security. Yeah, I think here in Nebraska, we'd say we fumbled the football. Uh, that's, right. that's right. You know, uh, one of the things, too, you know, what, what can my listeners do? I mean, one of the things, I don't know if we're, um, you know, 60,000 jobs, $9.61 billion. You know, are we not? as American people arguing the right points on this to push elected officials? So, I mean, that, that's a great point. And I'm, my biggest concern is that today in Washington, people are listening to the extremes and they're listening to the extremes on both sides. And unfortunately that does not allow us to actually have progress. Uh, when it comes to this, it was, it was first president Obama and then ultimately president Biden canceling this cross border permit because he was listening to leftist extremists who were more concerned about the optics of a pipeline than they were about actually energy security and, and, and our national economy. It was a short-sighted um, political decision uh, that he had made a promise to, you know, people who supported him in the election. And, and, and that, that's ultimately my concern is that we can't get anything done um, because folks are pushing to the extremes when 
most Americans recognize that it's the kitchen table issues that matter. It's making sure that we can get our kids to college, making sure that we can have health care, making sure that we have energy to actually support uh, our businesses and, our, and heat our homes. And those are the issues that are most important to Americans. I think that's what we need to communicate to our elected officials. Yeah, I, I, I think that you're right. I, I would also say earlier in the interview, and I appreciate you bringing up the fact that, you know, other places of the world are struggling. And, you know, why we don't like it or not, we're a world leader. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think we have a personal responsibility, just like when we deploy our military, you know, to to lead in the fashion we can in the economic sector to help everybody lift everybody. And and we've seeded that. And, uh, you know, I hope that uh, the people that are listening will dig in um, to your website, gainnow.org and listen, because uh, we have to regain this, at least in my opinion. Absolutely. It, it's an opportunity for us. Hopefully it's an opportunity, not an opportunity lost. Yeah. Um, any last call to actions for my listeners, Craig? I really appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about Gain Now and, and what you guys are doing to get the message out there and, and really educate the American public on this. Yeah, I just think it's really important for folks to talk to the members of Congress and talk to their state leaders and about the importance of U.S. energy development. And uh, again, as you said, we can be a world, world leader on this. We should be a world leader on it. Uh, and it provides us with a hedge um, and uh, against foreign dictators and allows us to be to export democ- democracy and, and export capitalism and allows you know people around the world to enjoy some of the freedoms and some of the the, the benefits that we do here. Well, and and like you said, and and why you've been on? I mean, we passed up on sixty thousand jobs and essentially nine point six one billion dollars. That should mean something to every American, without a doubt. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, Craig, really appreciate you coming on, taking the time. You have a great day. Thanks for having me. All right. Craig Stevens, uh, former senior advisor to the energy secretary. Um, that was Bodeman, and that was under the Bush administration. He's a spokesman for GainNow.org. Uh, you can go check him out, literally, at uh, GainNow.org. Um, folks, you know, th- I think he's right when he says that extremes specifically in this case of energy have dominated the conversation for far too long and you know whether you start out big with you know national security and international security which most people when you say keystone xl pipeline and things like that don't think about that but your security experts do your military does and so you know, choices have consequences. And in this case, they embolden our enemies. They create advantages on the world scale uh, for people that would not just do us harm, but do other countries of good people harm. And we've seen that play out. If you bring it back home, you see that 60,000 jobs are lost. You see that we essentially have left $10 billion on the table. That's wrong, okay? And I thought it was great what uh, Mr. Stevens said with regard to all energy, right? I think everybody should accept that we do need to uh, always be looking at different energy production as well as future energy production. But that just doesn't happen overnight. And if we push from the extremes or politicians, you know, give in to certain groups, things like this get left on the table. Decisions that maybe are for a few 
are impacting the entire world. And there's no doubt that whatever it is, 40, 50, 100 years, that there will be new energy, there will be cleaner energy, as that has always been the case in energy, right? It's always gotten cleaner and better as time has gone on. And there will be new things we may have not thought of. Uh, But to think that only green energy or anything of the sort is going to power America or the world right now is a false hope, right? We need to invest in our gas and oil reserves. We need things like the Keystone XL pipeline to take advantage of what we have to shore up our own needs as well as give us advantages on the world scale. All right, we'll come back here on 1499 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499 KLIN. All right, folks, we're back here in a little two, two and a half minute segment. Um, just had Craig Stevens, spokesman for uh, Gain Now on talking about the keystone xl pipeline and its impacts uh he was the uh, former senior advisor to the energy secretary i'm having a hard time saying energy today (laughs) uh under president bush johnny called in uh not feeling so good johnny but i still appreciate you calling in he wanted to let me know and as an honorable host uh, that the pipeline is a failure so johnny i did pass that on well it it clearly, yes, didn't get completed and uh, isn't happening right now. So I can't, I can't, I got nothing to say to you, Johnny. You you are right. It is a failure. <laughs> I'm sure you wanted to expound on that a little bit. Um, when we come back, uh, Matt on the text line has a great question. You know, uh, we were talking uh, with Greg Stevens there, you know, some pretty high-level, national-level stuff uh, about its impacts and, you know, 60,000 jobs lost, $9.1 billion, and, and talking national security. But Matt asked a great question. I, I think it's a great question. I'm glad that Matt is an individual Nebraskan and, and American. As I say, he said, what about the personal liberty of Nebraska landowners that don't want foreign country having the imminent domain on their property um yeah i mean i've been giving that some thought since you asked it matt and uh definitely in the second segment i i will provide my thoughts i don't know if anybody's gonna like them um but uh I, i'll give you my take but i think that's a wonderful question and i think that that's a legitimate question we'll go through some of the local news and uh for whatever reason, Scott gave me a great Joe Biden Twitter post today, so I think it is Twitter Tuesday, so we're going to have to read that on air. 1,400-993-KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we're back. Second segment here on Tuesday. Uh, 
yeah, I guess we're going to turn it into a Twitter Tuesday degree. Um, still your host, Jack Riggins, Johnny Cadillac, still producing. Um, yeah, real good talk, real good background information on the Keystone XL pipeline and its cancellation and its impact to all of America uh, by Craig Stevens, uh, former senior advisor to the energy secretary underneath uh, George Bush, the second, the second president, George Bush. Um it's a little bit sobering. I mean, we we talked pretty high level stuff, and it's, it's caused a few questions by people. Johnny was right. That it's failed. Yeah, it's it's not an operation, Johnny. You are correct. Um, and Matt has a great question that I talked about in the small segment about him in imminent domain on personal property and personal liberties. And yeah, I'll definitely address that here in a few minutes. One of the things I wanted to remind everybody of. Um, is Tommy Armstrong and the situation he was in uh, over the Christmas holiday where, you know, essentially back in his home in Mississippi, you know, there was a fire and he came on the show. Go to the podcast on KLIN.com and check it out. You know, he was able to recount it in just amazing detail. But, you know, the fact is, is he and his family uh, ended up saving, you know, which essentially was lifelong neighbors of him growing up because of a fire that started in their house due to a space heater. And uh, I'm just so... uh, Him telling this story and him being a very public figure here in Nebraska, having been a former quarterback for the Huskers, very successful, um, and, you know, living here in the area, it's humbling, and I would just want to remind you that, you know, this family lost everything, hospital bills. They have a GoFundMe set up, a hand up for the Brown family. Um, their goal right now is $25,000. They've raised about 8600 There's been 190 donations. I myself have not donated yet. I just, I will. And I'm going to tell you right now, listeners, I'm going to give $100, and anything can help. I mean, there's a million ways I could try to tell you this. The story itself is harrowing. I, I think of somebody who, like Tommy Armstrong and, and what he did and the fact we know him. Yeah, that shouldn't matter for raising money. It's just the awareness of the story being out there. And if you can, you know, just give anything. Go to that GoFundMe, type in in the search, a hand up for the Brown family, and support. Match me if you can. Uh, my name will pop up there here. I'll get it done after the show. Just haven't done it yet. Um, but there's a million ways I could say it. I mean, I, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, well, didn't the Huskers lower ticket prices? I mean, take 50 bucks of the 90-some thousand people we get in there, right, and donate to a former Husker that saved lives, right, to people that are very special to him, right, if you listen to the story, and boom, we've done something wonderful for people down in mississippi and we can that's just can we get the awareness out there and so i'm going to keep talking about it um we can absolutely do it we did a heck of a job for folds not not folds of honor (laughs) i get my golf brain going um tunnels to towers tunnels for towers thank god we have a producer um you know and the herrera family so yeah let's try to do this Two for the Brown family. Can I can I add one thing? You can add one uh, thing. 
As far I mean, I as, thought you were going to eat the microphone. No, over there. no, I was waiting. I was waiting. I didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, but as far as that episode that we had Tommy Armstrong on the show, uh, going back and looking for the podcast, it was on January sixth. So there it, it's even easier for you to find it if you go back and look at your uh, podcast po- platforms. January sixth is when Tommy Armstrong was here. That's why we pay Johnny the big bucks right there. No, that's it. It, it was good. Yeah, you'll like the podcast. It's very humbling, and uh, you know it's a neat story. It's good. It worked out, um, and that you know there wasn't any um, death, but still, just a bizarre situation with with a happy ending, and we can make it more easy on the family uh, by donating. All right, put this off long enough. Matt on the text line. I do think, one, Matt, thank you for listening, um, because clearly uh, you did, and uh, your question, which is, what about the personal liberty of the Nebraska landowners that don't want a foreign country having eminent domain on their property? That is a great question. I'm sure that question was asked and fought for many times during the build-up to the Keystone XL Pipeline as oftentimes, whether it be government trying to, you know, take land for a national park or some societal, you build a road. I think a lot of landowners um, absolutely have different opinions on that. And I will say up front, I'm not an expert on the Keystone XL pipeline. I think the majority of the time it was in discussions, development, beginning, you know, I was in military service. I certainly was aware uh, that it was being built and going through my home state. And, you know, the subsequent um, pros, you know, the proponents and the opponents. Um, and like a lot of things in America, you know, it caused, caused quite a stir. I mean, it is still in our national psyche for national level politics to a degree. And who knows, you know, what will happen in the future. Um, but I do think while I'm a huge supporter of personal liberty, as you say, and landowners and, um, very proud, I think anybody who can grow up in this country and, you know, you want to get a house or you want to, you know, whatever land you aspire to get, uh, those are big moments in anybody's life and we feel very proud of them. Um, and I think you have a right to a argue that I think you have a right to, uh, fight for that, um, not only for your own country, who may feel that it's in the best interest of the public um, to use eminent domain or any such things to build a project like Keystone XL, um, but certainly, right, when there is a uh, foreign country investment, if you will. Now, I don't look at Keystone XL, although obviously originates in Canada, and I think that's what you're referencing with the foreign country. Um, there clearly is large or could have been large American benefit, both in jobs and GDP growth. And as we discussed with Craig Stevens, you know, national security and international security uh, bonuses. And so I do think, again, it isn't my land, and so that jades everybody. But I definitely do think that not the government, but the American people in general, um, in some 
cases, right, have legitimate claims uh, when it comes to the greater good, if you will, of the people, um, or in this case, the American people, the world, um, to use eminent domain. And, um, you know, at some level, what I'm saying there is that there is justified means, I think, that... um, Certainly, they encroach on your personal liberty. I mean, you can't deny that. I wouldn't deny that. Um, And it would be upsetting, certainly, um, in any of these cases, I'm sure. I also think that at the same time, you know, that individual infringement, if you will, uh, becomes uh, justified to the bigger picture. And I think each and every one of those cases is very individual, right? It just depends. Depends on the landowner. Depends on the situation. Uh, probably your political beliefs. Anything. Spiritual beliefs. Um, and so, I mean, again, I'm not an expert. You know, wasn't around for all the pros and cons as, as it was being developed here in Nebraska. And I'm sure that's a topic that's been discussed a lot. But I definitely wouldn't, you know draw the line and say, yep, it can never be done. Absolutely. I would never say that. There there are things that all of us at times um you know have to sacrifice, if you will, for the greater good. Yeah, that probably says more my answer anyway. That probably says more about making sure that you have ethical good elected officials that make these decisions with, in this case, energy companies, a a foreign nation, Canada, um, and it's well thought through so that the justification far outweighs and the goodness far outweighs um, the individual infringement, if you will. So, but great question. Actually, one of the better questions um, I think we've had on DTL. No doubt about it. I, I appreciate that. Now, Scott. <laughs> Scott on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline text line. I'm not sure, but Scott is a good listener, and he is probably ahead of me going, well, it's Twitter Tuesday. I'm going to submit my thing. So I'm not sure, but it is good timing, Scott, uh, that we're talking about energy independence and just its potential impacts and, and the impacts that it has had already in jobs and money to the gdp but also security sent in joe biden who by the way craig who we were interviewing in first segment had the president drive by him right while we were uh right while we were interviewing him that's pretty cool (laughs) joe biden i guess in his car while craig was talking to us sent out a tweet Starting this month, thanks to my economic agenda passed over the last two years, there will be lower prescription costs for our seniors, tax breaks for lower energy bills, stronger supply chains, and more good jobs that Americans can raise a family on. Hmm. I... We'll continue to say, I don't think our president actually knows what planet he's on. (laughs) He's a politician, and I'm not sure who's running his Twitter account. 
or who's giving him the data and some of the things on this. Uh, but to <laughs> to Scott's point, Joe Biden just continues to live in a different America and time frame than the rest of us. And uh, in the end, all the things he just said in that one tweet, you know, in time, we'll see if those are accurate or not. I don't have a lot of faith that they are. <laughs> That's just tough to spend a lot of time. I know a lot of national pundits really, uh, really kind of beat him up. Uh, but, geez, I mean, was it, was it, didn't he yesterday? Didn't, I mean, I'm going off script here, but <laughs> didn't he yesterday or his administration try to blame Republicans for gas prices bumping back up? But yet they, take credit when the gas prices go down a little bit. I mean, the games being played, the games being played. Well, while we're on national figures, I will say this again. Now that breaking news today was former Vice President Mike Pence had classified documents in his house. Oh, folks, who knows where this is going to go? But I cannot tell you how easy it is to not have classified information, not only in your house, but not out in the workspace that it's not allowed in. And so who knows how much this will go on now? Is it each individual? Is it President Trump? Is it President Biden? Is it Vice uh, President Pence? You know, walking these things out of the White House or the Pentagon or, you know, some secret storeroom? No. No. It's the staffers. I mean, and all I can think, based on what I've seen of staffers, both in the military and walking around Nebraska here, is oftentimes they're young, oftentimes... They're a little reckless. They have a sense of, you know, empowerment because they're around the big guy. They're around the president. They're around the, you know, and and there still has to be checks and balances in the system of top secret, secret compartmentalized information and the skiffs that we've talked about is so that everybody understands the policies and procedures to do this the right way. Because it can't have national level impacts, especially the stuff presidents and vice presidents read. It can have world impacts. Uh, and to think that this, it doesn't matter party, right? This is just about good work habits. To think that this seems to be rampant, it's disgusting, right? And ultimately, yes, the man that the staffers work for, just like the captain of a Navy ship, is in charge. And I guess all of us that seriously earned those security clearances and were trusted with those security clearances, we all know how how silly this is that this is happening and shouldn't happen. It, it's like a conscious decision to not do the rules and it needs to stop. Because you ask yourself, well, is it nefarious? Are they doing it on purpose? I have no idea. But in the end of the day, the reality is, those are our documents, the people's. And 
whether you're in the military or you're in some intelligence agency, the FBI, or you're an elected official, you're just borrowing them for a time. You're like a good steward of the information, right? I mean, you may take, you know, your favorite trinket from your daughter or son into the office and put it there because it's your desk. But like when you're done with that desk, you pick up your trinket and you leave and you don't take anything with you. You certainly don't take classified information. And so who knows where this is going to play out? Maybe it's just another political scheme going on between all these power players. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, guess we'll give Joe Biden the Twitter of the day. Actually, Scott, you get the award. And I appreciate you sending it in. You're always good about listening to the show. I am willing to bet Scott does know what planet he's on, at least. <laughs> he probably does. <laughs> uh, programming note, we will not have Drive Time Lincoln tomorrow because uh, we've got a men's basketball game at Northwestern. Um, we'll be back on Thursday. John Glenn Weaver announced uh, that he was running for Senate. Don't know what Senate seat, but he'll be on, and we'll just get to know him a little bit better. Why not? Um, Friday, I'm looking forward to that because I, Caleb Henry, program director and sports director here, KLIN, will be uh, producing, and so maybe we'll talk some Huskers with him a little bit. I will say this because I had the comment on Twitter, and I don't normally like to talk about sports, but I do have to say, Matt Rule and his staff are doing a phenomenal job of working hard to earn everything they're getting, uh, the trust of the Nebraska people, uh, recruits, uh, going out to all the local. I mean, they're probably going to get, as my guess, to every high school. It's amazing what they're doing. They're, they're a good follow on Twitter. They really are. And I suspect Trev Alberts and other people around the program you know, have have kind of told them how Nebraskans like it. But I have to say, I mean, they're doing just a bang-up job in that category. That has nothing to do with, I will still judge Saturdays. <laughs> That's where it always comes down. Um, but in the end of the day, it's really cool to see. It's cool to see. Um, it's exciting. And, I, you know, I think they're trying to integrate into Nebraska culture really hard and i think that's really important for something that's a kind of a crown jewel of our state which is husker football so you know kudos to you and the coaching staff there at the university all right 1499 klin you're getting the 411 from dtl with commander jack riggins on 1499.3 klin Finishing up here today on Tuesday, uh, Jeff on the Rick Stein recognition text line. Yeah, Jeff has a great point. You know, he says we're talking about documents found. What about those that are missing? Yes, I, I mean that's part of it. One, this shouldn't happen. Um, two, you know, everybody's responsible. Um, it does happen. There's no doubt about it. But that is the great question: What is missing? What is unaccounted for? Where did it go? Um, and those are those are. Phenomenal questions. Do I think that we will ever get those answers? I don't. I don't at all. And I think that's sad. What I would say first is, you know, elected officials, D.C., clean up your act. I mean, let's start there and and let's get a catalog and, and find these out. And obviously with DOJ involved, you know, let's have equal investigations, equal things to solve the problems. Um, hey, folks, check out my Twitter, Riggins underscore Jack. The reason is 
there is the most weird, I don't believe it's real, UFO video out there right now with a sphere flying through and, you know, fighter jets chasing it. Uh, my question is, why do we do this to ourselves, humanity? No, seriously, like, I mean, there's been some interesting disclosures over the last couple of years from our own Pentagon and even Navy pilots that are hard to explain. Definitely unidentified. But I mean, this fascination, like I need to find a MUFON or somebody here in the region to come on and talk about these things, because that Twitter post, that video is very interesting. And you actually have some high level people retweeting it. It's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. That's all I can say. Hey, thanks for the show today. Really enjoyed participation from everybody. And uh, we will be back on Thursday with John Glenn Weaver. And we'll definitely talk some sports with Caleb Henry on Friday. No doubt about it here on Drive Time Lincoln. 1499.3 KLIN.